The mules are in the corral. Welcome to Mule Talk, and I'm Cindy K. Roberts, your host. On this week's episode of Mule Talk, we have returning guest Nathan Medcalf of Rockin' NT Mules, and he's also a contributor to Mules and More magazine. Welcome back to the show, Nate. Thank you for having me. I think last time we spoke, we were still talking about the shutdown meal, and I know you have a lot more to offer on that topic. So, and I'm getting feedback from a lot of listeners saying that they really find this information very beneficial to them. Oh, yeah, that's good to hear. Oh, it's, uh, and yeah, it's put it out there um, more of a more of a, to get people thinking, you know, and, and what they're doing with the animals. Um, you know, more than more of a how-to, it's looking at things from from Neil's perspective. But yeah, as far as the the shutdown deal, last time we talked about um, we talked about what it is and you know, kind of what that looks like. Um, but I think it's important to know um, how it's created. You know, that way when when people are working with their animals or if they're trying to train their own stuff or you know, they're they're sending them out for training or you know whatever it is, they they know what what causes it and what to look for. So sure. yeah, I think that's equally as important. Um, over the years, I think I think the biggest area that I've seen that start is is during the desensitizing phase or any type of desensitizing going on. And what I found is, is where the mistake and and desensitizing happen is is that the problem that can come out of doing it incorrectly is that your mule hits the off switch. So in other words, that mule shuts down mentally. And what you see is you see many mules and they, they quickly learn that to make that stimulus go away, they'll kind of start giving us signs of relaxation to kind of simply turn off that stimulus. And that's where the mental shutdown starts. And people, you know, they, yes, your ultimate goal is to get them to relax with that, with that stimulus, but you have to understand that they can prevent relaxation and inside that they're not relaxed. And that's where I always say, you know, you can have kids to read your mule. And that's where this, you know, this mental shutdown stuff starts. Um, so, you know, that type of desensitizing, you know, doesn't work for a lot of mules. And they end up, you know, spooking at a lot of other things since they do hold that anxiety inside, you know. And by going about it that way, the bad part about that is that we're also training that mule to hide its emotions from us. Oh, yes. So, yes. Right, right. And so, they'll, you know, if we do that, you know, if, if they're allowed to express that, they'll always tell us when they're scared, mad, tired, or full of energy. But if we if we build their mind to the point, you know, that they, they hide that from us, we're, we're not we're going to have a, a real hard time, you know, training. And that also puts the meal at a huge disadvantage as far as learning new things too, because it, it, that sense that'll cause that meal, it'll begin to disassociate from us rather than engage us and use probably problem solving for the brain. So if you thought about it, you know, when when you or I, you know, when we're mentally we're done and we want something to pull away, you know, we're just, you know, our brain fried, you know, how after we learn something or willing to do something at that time we're not, right? So, you know, um, and that's that's where I've seen it start. You know, and, and yeah. I find that since the mule 
has a high sense of self-preservation that really he's protecting himself. I agree. I, I, I agree very much with that statement. You know, mules are very intelligent and they're naturally perceptive animals. So it's not, you know, quote unquote natural for them to operate without a fair amount of sensitivity to their environment. And what is causing any, any stimulation to them that is not in the natural, you know, realm of their world. So, you know, that's why, that's why you gotta be really careful, you know, when when we when we think about you know how we're how we're doing um, desensitizing you know and what most people are doing you know what the people are trying to do is say you know completely you know dull to anything that might work you know like a bag of tarp or something to the to the point that the mule is dull you know like I said not responding and what becomes the big issue through that process. As the mule normally becomes dull to that pressure, it becomes dull to almost all other pressures that you apply, even in the satellite leg pressure, because to a mule, the pressure is pressure. So what happens then is people have to go back and sensitize that mule to get them to be more responsive to their cues. So in some cases, what can happen is that mule gets very confused and they get kind of irritated with that method. In a sense, what we're doing is misleading the mule when we do that, right? And the reason that it's misleading to the mule is because we're letting them believe that they can be comfortable accepting certain pressures, like a like a plastic bag person. And then we increase the pressure trying to get the mule to respond to the same pressure that we just taught them to accept, like leg pressure. So I know if, if that was me, I'd be really irritated and confused with the whole the whole process. Sure. So that's interesting how people <laughs> perceive things on introducing the mule to uh, certain things and um, I had a guy approach me several years ago because he was having issues with his mule accepting tractors and just you know traffic in general and he was determined that he was going to get his mule over it so he said that he was thinking about tying this mule to the side of the barn and then driving past it, you know, for the entire afternoon. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> I go, you don't do that. <laughs> but it's just yeah. funny how people get yeah. those ideas. You know, but that, this is, and that is a good example. And that's where we as new people, okay, we need to be aware of and practice watching for and allowing you to it's God-given natural need for self-preservation. You know, you've got to let the mule be a mule, and you have to understand the mule as a mule, right? And so if we if we desensitize a mule to the point where all the self-preservation is taken away from that mule, what do we have to motivate them to spike even more pressure when we ask them to do something, mm. right? Yeah. So you got to be real careful with that stuff. And if you keep applying it and applying it and applying it, and you're not giving them a chance to come down internally and relax internally. That's where all that shutdown comes from. That's where it starts. You know, and the other part of it is, is during, you know, the riding and, and the training when, when we're, you know, constantly asking for something, asking, 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 and we're not giving them the chance to respond, the chance to figure it out, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then they just, they, you know, they throw their hands in the air and they're like, I'm out. 
you know, I'm done. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and we see it a lot, you know, I'm working a couple of mules right now that, that are really bad, um, you know, with that. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very challenging once they get to that point. Yeah, you can fix them, you know, but, it, but it's going to take time. That, yeah. That's what we're trying to get out there for people to start observing this stuff and observing how they approach their mules, how they train their mules, what, you know, what the mule is, is feeding back to them, you know, so they can avoid this kind of stuff. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of think that the real young mules, you know, the yearlings, two-year-olds, and so forth, I, I feel like they're a lot more inquisitive uh, about things. So how would you recommend, and I hate to use the word desensitize, but how would you recommend introducing things to a young mule? Not any different than I do to any other one, you know. Yeah. Um, I got a two-year-old out here that, uh, that we bred. And um, he, he was very, very curious. And that's one thing you don't want to ever take away from a mule is their curiosity. Okay? So I'm really careful working with him because I don't want him to lose that curiosity. You know, he's just curious about things. You know, I let him check it out. I'm not, you know, I don't tell him, no, you can't do that. You know, look at that or, you know, this and that. So, you know, whenever I am introducing him to something, it's just like everything else. It doesn't matter if it's a, a scary object or if it's something training related. It's got to be done in steps, and it has to be done in steps to where that the mule understands exactly what it is that you want. You know, if I was introducing that saddle pad, just for an example, I mean, I'll, I'll pull that one out of here. I would say, you know, all I get used to a saddle pad. You know, I'm going I'm not going to take the saddle pad, throw it up right on his back, you know, and take it off, put it back on, take it off, put it back on, you know, and do that, you know, 500 times. and think that he's doing with it just because he's standing there. Um, not the case. Um, you know, I'll let him look at the saddle pad. I'll let him smell it. I'll let him, you know, I'll touch the saddle pad to him. And that might just be that lesson for that day with the saddle pad, and we'll do something else. Yeah. You know? and, and then the, the next day, We'll repeat that, and then I might just, you know, put it up on his back. But while I'm doing all that stuff, I'm watching that mule. I'm looking for those signs that he's uncomfortable with anything that I'm doing. Okay, and that's that's where a lot of people miss it, especially with the enemy. You know, you miss those signs, and you keep pushing them past that stuff. That's when they start shutting down. So you got to recognize, you know, when that mule gives you something back that they're not good with, you got to recognize that and back off and give them a minute to breathe. You know, and, and relax with what it is that you're trying to ask. You know, sometimes it might take a minute or two, but I promise you that minute or two that you, you give them is going to pay dividends way down the road. Oh, yeah. So let's let's talk about, I mean, whether it's a mare or a horse mule. I mean, do you find any differences there when you're when you're working with them and, and, and introducing new things to them? You know what, no. Not really. Okay. Um, no, I, I mean, I haven't seen really a difference as far as, you know, one accepting it, you know, better than the other or easier than the other or anything like that. No, I can't say that I have. Okay. All right. There's a lot to it. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, it happens a lot. And, you know, that's, you know, that's why we kind of started looking into it because, you know, we ended up in a situation you know, kind of where... You know, people were bringing us mules and, you know, like, I can't figure out why my mule is doing this or I can't figure out why my mule is doing that. And, you know, we've tried everything. You know, I can't get him to, to respond. I can't get him to, to, 
you know, listen or, or do anything I'm asking him to do. So, you know, or, you know, like I, like I said in the last time, you know, you've got two ends of this. They're either completely dead inside or, you know, they're really, really, really strung out. You know, there's no in-between. And we were getting mules in on both ends of the spectrum, you know, and we trying to figure out why all this was happening. You know, and so kind of, kind of what led us down the road, and what, you know, and, and, you know, everything kind of boiled down to, you know, how we're, we're, we're going about you know, training on these animals being, you know, the biggest cause of it, um, not, not giving them time to, to come back down to relax after you've asked them to do something or, or, you know, asking constantly and, and not giving them a chance to, to answer and you know they're, they're just getting forced through their entire regimen day after day after day after day and you know they just they, they just they, they check out when I had gotten my mule a few years ago uh, I had a trainer tell me well it looks like her give a damn is busted and right. <laughs> so I was like wow I go okay so I, I talked to him and I said, well, this is how I think I can do it to bring her back. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you got the right idea. So when I went home and I kept her in her own corral, of course. You can't just go out there with, with the halter and then think you're going to do business with her, you know. And she had no interest. So I started dancing. And I just started dancing and floating around out there in her corral. <laughs> And she, she started, she stared at me like, what the heck are you doing? And then I started singing. And, and then, you know, there was a whole lot of licking and chewing going on. And then when I danced, behind, I went behind the barn and she couldn't see me anymore. It, it killed her. She had to come and see what I was doing. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, I don't know. You think that's good training <laughs> well, anyway, it worked for me that day, so... <laughs> hey, you know what? I mean, that, that's just it. You know, there's, there isn't anything hard and fast about this stuff, you know? And sometimes you do have to go outside the box, you know? And like you just did in your case, you know? I mean, it worked great, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and that's awesome, <laughs> you know? Um, so... Well, anyway, um, so what are you going to be doing here, like, uh, for the rest of the winter? You're just... Um... Oh, shoot. We're busy. Um, you know, we've, like, we've always got mules in for training. Um, sure, sure. We, we, got, we got some private clinics that we're going to be doing. Uh, oh, good. Coming up. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, and, yeah we've, and we've, got, we've got a couple of interns that come out and visit us during the... During the winter time, and um, they work with me for a little while and learn some of their stuff. So we're doing that, and then trying to figure out we'll be we'll be going back to Bishop Mill Days this year. Oh, um, good. Doing, doing some clinics up in you know there, and trying to get figured out what we're going to do there. So, okay, will you be filming? Uh, will you be filming those clinics? I know somebody will be. <laughs> it's hard for me to, you know. Well, I, I get that. I get that. But you know, boy, if you can get somebody to film that for you, I mean you you know, that would be interesting. Um Yeah. Um so yeah, we got that going on and and um just you know, we got we got some buyers with some different buyers. Um 
with these mules and and uh, it's just yeah because right now the weather is just so phenomenal where we're at. I mean, oh, it's not really? even winter time. I mean, you know, it's just 68 degrees today. Good, so, wonderful. Okay. So you know we're outside all day. You know, so as much as we can get done, you know, right now before it gets hot, um, that's that's what we're gonna do. Well, Nate, um, you're on Facebook. And if someone wants to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Yeah, either either there on Facebook, um, or they can shoot me a text message or call me, 623-692-2600. And uh, I'd be happy to help people out. Like I said, I mean, we, we, we do the clinic thing, and we do a lot of one-on-one stuff. Um, so if anybody needs help, feel free to reach out. Cool. Okay. Thanks again, Nate. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. It's, it's a good time, though. I, I appreciate what you're doing for the mule world and, uh, you know, having conversations with a bunch of great people, you know. So keep up the good work. It's, it's good stuff. Thank you, and we will talk soon. Okay. The spirit of the Wild West lives on in my latest book, Desperados of the Wagons West Expedition. I rode with descendants of notorious outlaws, mule skinners, horse thieves, brothel workers, and Texas rangers that gathered at the Embar Ranch in Reserve, New Mexico. And so I documented their story. This is a modern day dime store novel published by Every Cowgirl's Dream. It's captivating and exciting to read. It's available at everycowgirlsdream.com, Amazon Books, and other participating outlets. Giddy up and get your copy today. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, send me an email, cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at everycowgirlsdream.com. Gotta go. My mule is looking for me. 